The following sermon is part two of a four-part sermon series entitled Generous Grace, How God's Grace Changes Us and Transforms the World. It was given on Sunday, October 14th, 2018 at St. Paul's Church in Minneapolis, Minnesota. A few days ago, while doing some cleaning, my Spotify playlist, which cycles through everyone from Aretha Franklin and Otis Redding to Starship and Lake Street Dive, began playing one of my favorite songs, Blessings, by Chance the Rapper. If you will grant me a moment of personal privilege, I want to recite to you the lyrics to the hook. I'm gonna praise him, praise him till I'm gone. I'm gonna praise him, praise him till I'm gone. When the praises go up, the blessings come down. When the praises go up, the blessings come down. It seems like blessings keep falling in my lap. It seems like blessings, they just keep falling in my lap. At face value, it can seem that these lyrics frame blessing as a transaction. It seems that in order to receive God's blessing, we have to do something. There are many flavors of religion and Christianity which support this, but to be honest, that just sounds exhausting. It is also, I think, an unfair interpretation of these lyrics You see, I'm enough of a student of the black church, the context from which these lyrics were drawn, to know that there is something else going on here. When Chance is talking about here is something different. The cycle of praises going up and blessings coming down is a participation in a life that is abundant. Chance may not call it this, but if I were to translate Chance into Christian language, It would be a participation in the divine life of Jesus Christ. This morning's sermon is part two of our October preaching series on generous grace, how God's generous grace changes us and transforms the world. Last week, we talked about what it means for God to take us, to choose us, and how this invites transformation in how we see one another. Today... We are going to reflect on what it means for God to bless us by inviting us to participate in this divine life of Christ. If we pay attention to our broader culture, there is only one definition of blessing, the amassing of material things. We have tied blessing to success and wealth, basically suggesting that folks who are wealthy are so because God made it so. The flip side of that narrative is equally, if not more, problematic because if wealthy people are wealthy because God has so ordered it, then it would follow that folks who are experiencing poverty and homelessness do so because God ordained that as well. This obscures a deeper societal illness that allows some to have enough, even more than enough, while others have little, some having nothing. This morning's gospel offers a sharp critique to that line of thinking with Jesus saying such shocking things as, it is easier for a tour bus to pass through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. 
One of the things that it is helpful to remember about Jesus is his use of metaphor and hyperbole. The point of his teaching is to shock people into imagining a new world, the the kingdom of God, if you will. When Jesus offers his sharp critique of wealth, he is making a broader critique about the way society then and now ascribes value to people. Whereas society tends to ascribe value to one another based upon wealth and social stature, God's economy is different. In God's economy, blessing is about seeing, specifically about seeing God in and through one another. For God, if you want to know if someone is living a life of blessing, it isn't about how much they have. It's about what they do with it. You lack one thing, says Jesus. Go, sell what you own and give the money to the poor. Then you will have treasure in heaven. Take what you have, whatever you have, Jesus says, and use it to reflect the kingdom of God. That is what it means to be blessed. For something or someone to be blessed means that it in some way participates in the loving mission of God. One of the most blessed people, if you can rank it, that I've ever encountered in my life was a woman, a deacon, who I knew in the Diocese of Atlanta. She was assigned to minister with the folks of the Church of the Common Ground, which served folks who were experiencing homelessness, drug and alcohol addiction, and frequent run-ins with the criminal justice system. She was raised in rural poverty in the South, and she discerned a mission to serve those who were likewise experiencing poverty. I don't believe she ever attained any vast level of wealth in her lifetime, but she gave of one of her most valuable resources, time. She helped to set up for our weekly foot clinics to minister to those who are homeless who spend most of their time on their feet and our Bible studies. She served as a deacon for our Sunday worship services, worshiping outside, rain, sleet, snow, or hail. Tirelessly, she advocated for the poor throughout the Diocese of Atlanta and across the state of Georgia. She used her resources to point to the unfolding kingdom of God. She lived a blessed life, and it had nothing to do with material things. I wonder... When you look at how you use the valuable resources in your life, time, money, influence, and power, I wonder if you are living a life of blessing. Because a life where we strive for material things at the expense of relationships, personal and emotional well-being, and a deep and vibrant spiritual life is a life that is lived on the shallow end. In the words of the writer of Ecclesiastes, the lover of money will not be satisfied with more money, nor the lover of wealth with gain. This also is vanity. Chasing material things might satisfy us at some level, but it simply will not satisfy the deepest longings of our souls. We long for joy, for peace, for contentment, for abundance, for grace, for forgiveness and reconciliation, for wholeness and hope. In short, dear friends, we long for God and nothing else will do. In the words of St. Augustine of Hippo in his book, Confessions, you have made us for yourself, O Lord, and our hearts and souls are restless 
till they find their rest in thee. At the heart of the Christian faith is this invitation. Come away and rest. Come away and rest from this anxious world. Come away and rest from a world that is increasingly divided. Come away and rest from a world too busy to see, to hear, to feel, to care, and to love. Come away and rest. Come and enter the divine life of Christ, a life that is abundant and joyful and filled with all manner of grace. Come away and enter this life that will satisfy you. Personally, I know that my life began to change for the better the moment I took a step towards that abundant life. I had to lay aside shame and guilt and inadequacy and unworthiness, things I had learned as a child and a teenager, and I had to make the choice to enter the blessing of God. I had to learn to see myself in God by reading Scripture and seeing how God could be present in the lives of those others who are equally as flawed as me. I had to learn how to hear God saying to me, you are beloved, by allowing myself the time to pray and listen to and for God. I had to learn to step into my gifts and power by giving myself over to serving others, living no longer for myself, but for those whom God loves. This isn't something only I can do, dear friends. No, this is an invitation for all of us to participate in the divine life of Christ. Are you tired of an endlessly anxious life? Are you weary of the constant barrage of bad news, hatred, bigotry, and violence? Do you yearn for the unfolding of a new world? Be blessed, dear friends. That is the antidote to what you are searching for Hear of God's love for you and bring it deep into your soul. Learn to see God in you and others. Live a life of blessing. Enter the loving cycle of ascending praise and prayers and descending blessing and well-being. Commit to serving neighbors in need, cultivating a deeper life of prayer, plumbing the deep questions of faith and attending the discipline of corporate worship. This is the way to abundant life, awakening to the reality that we are blessed and then fanning those flames of blessing to let our lights shine as brightly as they can for all the world to see. God's grace transforms us by blessing us, by inviting us to participate in God's divine life, a life that is vibrant and vital and wonderful and full of joy but it's an invitation, not a command. And the choice is yours to follow or not.